Hey, everybody, it's the Charlie Kirk Show. What senators voted to advance the Ukraine spending legislation? We go through the entire roll call. And what do the senators who advanced it largely have in common? Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Become a member, members.charliekirk.com. That is members.charliekirk.com. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show, a company that specializes in gold IRAs, and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Last evening, the United States Senate has officially passed the Ukrainian funding bill. And the Ukrainian funding bill is also funding for Israel. We support that. But also $9 billion for Hamas. You know that, that we're funding both sides of the conflict? We're funding Hamas as much as we're funding Israel. That's a lesser reported, just objectionable element of this. But let's focus on the Ukraine part. So the Senate Ukraine bill passed rather easily, 70 to 29, with one U.S. senator missing the vote. Fortunately, the bill does not have the de facto amnesty that James Langford wanted to give us. No expanded deportations, no E-Verify, no asylum caps, no wall, nothing to change the southern border. But the priority for some Senate Republicans is a foreign country. Now, a couple years ago, if this vote would have taken place four or five years ago, or even two or three years ago, it would have been a 95 to 5 vote. There would be a couple holdouts, Josh Hawley, Rand Paul, Mike Lee. God bless him. Now, this has passed, and we will name the names of the people that voted for this vile atrocity, for these people that stick middle fingers in your face and literally say you're not smart enough to know what's going on. Not an exaggeration. Wait till I read this this quote from one of the U.S. senators. But the buried lead and the positive here is that a majority of Republicans voted no. Almost every Democrat except Bernie Sanders voted for this. So the Democrats are the party of war. They are the party of conflict. They used to be the party that was against foreign intervention and expansionist powers, and they will pay a political price for that at the ballot box eventually. But we'll, we'll put that, we'll put that aside. Mitt Romney says that this is the most important vote that we will take in the U.S. Senate ever. More important than the southern border, more important than cutting spending. Mitt Romney's obsession is Vladimir Putin, is Russia. Even though that we're about to enter a spring where Ukrainian men are going to be slaughtered, even though there's an entire generation of young Ukrainians that are gone, murdered, because the American regime, the great American empire, used poor Ukrainians as human shields, 
never being able to specify what success looks like. And every single senator that voted for this, they're going to have to answer to some higher power one day why they sought war and not peace. So first, and I, I did this off the top of my head, and then we actually did the math. It's rather remarkable. First, the people that voted to send more money to Ukraine to keep the war going. They couldn't care less about the border. These people on this list repulse me, and they should you too. These are the old school establishment. They don't care about voters. They think you're dumb. Wait till I read to you one of these, this quote. It will, it will animate you. Of course, leading the charge is the turtle. Mitch McConnell voted for more money for Ukraine. John Thune, we're going to do everything we can to get rid of him. Boozman from Arkansas. Capito from West Virginia. Cassidy from Louisiana. Susan Collins from Maine. John Cornyn from Texas. We have to primary him. Texas Patriots, let's get our act together. John Cornyn's done. Kramer from North Dakota. Kramer is up soon. We got to get rid of him. Yeah, he's come on the show. He's a nice guy. Enough. This is the defining vote. We warned them. They said, I don't care about our voters. I care about NATO. Crapo from Idaho. We're already working on getting a primary challenger of him. Joni Ernst from Iowa. I have to say, Joni Ernst will go down as one of the greatest disappointments of any U.S. senator in the modern era. It lasts in the last decade. She ran as this populist. She ran as this, we're going to make them squeal. Chuck Grassley, I'm going to give him some grace. He's been largely great on this stuff, but he's 90 years old. He, I think he still thinks that the Soviet Union exists. Too bad. Hoven from North Dakota. We got to get rid of him. Kennedy from Louisiana. I got to tell you, Kennedy plays you guys. Not This audience is smart, but I just mean the general conservative movement. He goes on cable TV and he has all these sneaky one-liners. Oh, you know, Joe Biden, he's so bad that you don't even know. I don't need Joe Biden to tell me there's inflation. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Okay, great. Thanks, Senator Kennedy. You know, we know you workshop those one-liners all day. You voted for money, Ukraine. Enough of your little comic sketch, Senator Kennedy. We're done. Uh, Moran from Kansas. He's a joke. Murkowski from Alaska. We tried. We failed. Rish from Idaho. We got to primary him. Mitt Romney. He's already on the way out. Mike Rounds from South Dakota. Got to get rid of him. Sullivan from Alaska. Total disappointment. Tom Tillis. We're going to get back to him in a second. Roger Wicker, who, by the way, has a primary coming up. It's going to be tough. He's got a lot of money. Mississippi is a crooked state. I'll tell you what. Mississippi is one of the most corrupt states in the country. And then Mr. Young from Indiana. Now, let me read this quote from Tom Tillis. As if they just wanted to poke you. This is how much these people hate you. It's not an exaggeration. They have contempt for you. Tom Tillis. Our base cannot possibly know what's at stake at the level that any well-briefed U.S. senator should know about what's stake at stake if Putin wins. Oh, we have secret knowledge. We're part of the secret society. This is exactly the oligarchy that we are trying to crush. Tom Tillis says, quote, our base cannot possibly know. You're stupid. Tom Tillis is basically doing the exact same thing that Hillary Rodham Clinton did when she called you a deplorable. This is exactly what the foreign policy establishment has been saying for 30 years. And when you challenge them, they all of a sudden get, for example, when I talk to some of these senators, 
they're I'm not saying they're I'm not saying they're dumb because obviously they're smart. They became senators. They ran for office, but they're not deep. They're not deep. That's a big difference. They have intelligence. They can navigate politics and maneuver. But when you ask them a series of very simple questions, why do we hate Russia so much? How is this in our best interest? Does the war include liberating Crimea? Do you know that Crimea is formerly part of Russia? It's where Russian wine is from. It's where the Russian naval fleet was stationed during the Civil uh, the World War II. Is this really a good idea? There's, there's no depth. They say, well, we, we need to stop Putin. Okay, well, can't we stop him if we broker peace? No, democracy is at risk. It's, it's as if they get into these automaton type answers. And it's always back to World War II muscle memory. That NATO is the greatest thing ever. We must keep on expanding NATO, even though we've lied to Vladimir Putin repeatedly. He lies to us. We lie to him. It's a mutual relationship of deceit. Putin's not a good guy. He's not the worst person on the planet. And he certainly is not the greatest threat to our country. But if you ask, you know, Senator Crapo and Senator Risch and Senator Wicker, they believe Vladimir Putin poses a greater threat to America than the Sinaola drug, drug cartel on the southern border. How many of you know someone who's been killed by a Russian? Do you know anyone? I, I would love to hear from you. Freedom at charliekirk.com. Maybe almost every single one of you knows somebody killed by a drug cartel through a drug overdose, through an illegal that was driving under the influence, the raping, the murder, the kidnapping. Just one more time for those of you in the back. Tom Tillis, our base cannot possibly know what's at stake at the level that any well-briefed U.S. senator should know about what's at stake if Putin wins. You guys are just too stupid, is what Tom Tillis is saying. You know, all of you that send emails and make phone calls that pay your taxes, the plumbers, electricians, the welders, those of you that are the backbone of this great country, just stop trying because you're stupid. That is the message. That And here's the good news. We'll talk about it in a second. That a minority of Senate Republicans sent, not a majority. As we've all seen over the past few years, the amount of heavy metals, microplastics, and other toxins we are all exposed to has only increased. These are important world issues we must continue to discuss. And since you know that I take my health seriously, I only stand by the best. One company that is aware of these global challenges and that I proudly support is Ascent Nutrition, which has unique health products meant for these times. One I've been using is their pine pollen tincture, which contains 200 nutrients and important components like glutathione and DHEA. Glutathione is known for healthy detoxification and immune support, while DHEA is known as the happiness hormone and supports mood and brain health. Pine pollen is also nature's highest source of special phytohormones, which support hormone function, libido, and adrenal health. I love it because you could truly feel the benefits. And since I am now telling everyone about it, they expect to sell out fast. Before they sell out, click the link in the description below and use the code Kirk to save 10% on your pine pollen tincture and all other products. So here's the good news. I have the list of everyone who voted for this reprehensible piece of legislation and everyone who voted against it. And there's an interesting data point that we will build out. There are more people who voted against this than for it. Now, there are two ways to interpret this. Number one is the power of you, this audience. 
Again, a couple years ago, there would have been five people. It would have been just demoralizing. Two years ago, things have changed and the political climate has changed. Now, some of these people who voted no, they wanted to vote yes, but they just allowed the old bulls who were retiring, who were in very deep, comfortable red states like Kramer, like Crapo, like Grassley to take the hit for them. There was some vote swapping. For example, Lindsey Graham voted no on this because he said, well, I want it to be a structural loan. Lindsey Graham wanted this to pass. He saw, he did the vote tallying, he did the vote counting, and he wanted to get some protection. So he voted no. There are other people here, though, that legitimately are starting to move on these issues. Yesterday, we had three great senators, Vance, Tuberville, Lee, and they're starting to influence their colleagues. Ron Johnson was a no. John Barrasso, who's in leadership, was a no. Steve Daines, who runs the NRSC. Steve Daines has been a friend for years. Steve is very smart. He knows that running the NRSC would be a bad look right now as he's engaging in primaries to also vote for a deeply unpopular piece of legislation. One that I want to commend here is Senator Mullen from Oklahoma. He originally voted for the first draft of this thing, you know, the ability to move it forward. And he was a no. And you, you guys lit up the phone lines. You deserve credit for that. This audience. We focused on Senator Mullen, and he was a no. So here are the people who voted no, because they deserve to be mentioned. Let me see if you can notice a similarity or a difference between the two lists. J.D. Vance, Hawley, Tuberville, Cruz. Cruz is a Russia hawk. Good for you, Ted Cruz. Rubio. Rubio's been a neocon galore, and he's been backing off of that. Somebody's real, somebody should write the story. It's been, a, it's been very quiet is the radicalization of Marco Rubio. It's been a very fascinating development over the last couple of years. He's getting more populist. He's getting more outspoken. Rubio has been excellent. I say this in a very positive way. Rick Scott, Tim Scott, Lindsey Graham, which I don't believe. It's that, 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 that Lindsey Graham vote is, I know I'm up next cycle, and I'm afraid because people are talking about primary challenges. So he vote swapped. He vote traded. I don't believe it. But it's the right vote. Mark Wayne Mullen, good for you. <laughs> Lankford. Yeah, Langford running to the hills. He's just he's just running for the hills. He's had enough. He's crying for mercy. Rand Paul, American hero. Mike Braun, who I think is retiring to run for governor. Katie Britt, great. Tom Cotton, Roger Marshall, Sidney Hyde-Smith from Mississippi. Eric Schmidt, excellent. Steve Daines, Deb Fisher, who's also up next cycle. Pete Ricketts, Ted Budd. Marsha Blackburn, Bill Haggerty, Mike Lee, Ron Johnson, John Barrasso, Cynthia Lama. So there were more Republicans that voted against it than for it. So there's a couple takeaways. Number one, your voice is starting to penetrate the U.S. Senate. This is the hardest place to actually get a hearing. They care the least about you. Number two, understand some of this list is a little bit artificial because there's a lot of vote swapping. There's only two people that voted for this package that are up this cycle. And they're probably going to advance through a primary. And that's Senator Kramer and Wicker. So there was a lot of vote swapping, a lot. Meaning like, hey, can you bail me out? Because I don't want to have to deal with a primary challenge. A lot of that. At the same time, the fact that they were vote swapping means that they acknowledge that things are changing, that you are starting to change them. In fact, for Tom Cotton, who I really like, but I just think he's so wrong on foreign policy stuff. Tom Cotton's amazing on immigration. He's great on the deep state stuff. He's great on so much stuff on foreign policy stuff. I just cannot disagree with some of his b- beliefs more. And I say he's a friend. He's been great. And we work with him really well. On COVID, he was excellent. 
He was really good on the riot stuff. He's really good on all that. He voted no. There is a data point that is noteworthy that I want to emphasize. There are a few outliers to this data point, but it's worth isolating and talking about. There's something that the no's have far more in common than the yeses. And it's reflected in polling. It's reflected in what we're seeing on the ground. It's reflected in what the, the, the generational type move. And it's fascinating. The no's have something very much in common. And the yeses have something very much in common. Hey, everybody. I know interest rates are not what they were a couple years ago, but I want to give you my perspective. Did you know in 1971, the interest rate for a mortgage was 7.33%? If you waited for the interest rate to go down, you would not have purchased a home until 1993. Renting for 22 years while you waited. In the meantime, the value of real estate quadrupled. Don't wait to buy real estate. Marry the house, not the rate. You could always refinance everybody. Take advantage of the slower market now, and you can, again, refinance when rates go down. Once rates start dropping, the frenzy will start all over again. My friends, Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian are amazing. And they recently helped me with a purchase and they could help you too. They've been amazing to work with. I can't say enough good things about Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian. 888-888-1172 or go to andrewandtodd.com. That's andrewandtodd.com. Look, if you are Gen Z or millennial, you have a little bit of money put aside. It might be the best opportunity to go to andrewandtodd.com and buy a home, get in the market. Once you're in the buyer's game, you must never leave the buyer game. And again, I encourage you guys to check it out right now. Interest rates, they're signaling that they're going to go down, but don't wait. The price of real estate very well might continue to go up. Go to andrewandtodd.com, andrewandtodd.com. So I'm going to get into this. This will bother some of you in the audience. So understand that there are exceptions to all of this, but this is generally the truth. And you and the audience are generally exception if you are if you fit this criteria. The people who voted for the Ukraine aid bill, on average, are 10 years older than the people who voted against it. That is a one-decade deviation. In fact, if you remove Joni Ernst and Todd Young, then the average age of who voted for the Ukraine funding package is somebody in their 70s. Now, I have nothing against people in their 70s. This is not an indictment of anybody that's a certain age, but it's an interesting observation. The average age of who voted against the bill was 58 years old. In fact, every single one of the youngest senators from Vance to Hawley to Mark Wayne Mullen, after there was some pressure applied by you, Katie Britt, Tom Cotton, Eric Schmidt, every single senator under the age of 50 in the Republican conference voted against it. Is this noteworthy? It is because it is consistent with something we've been talking about on this program. And it's consistent with polling trends that are manifesting, which is that if you are politically engaged as a young conservative, you are far more conservative and less regime neoliberal uniparty than your older counterparts. And of course, there are exceptions. Many of you are exceptions, but it's a fascinating takeaway. And in some ways, it's a promising takeaway. 
Look at the difference between J.D. Vance, who is 39 years old, and Mitch McConnell, who is 81 years old. Look at the difference between Josh Hawley, who is 44 years old, and Chuck Grassley, who is 90 years old. Again, this is not a criticism of people who are in their 80s or 90s. There's many of you who listen and look to this program and watch this show in your 80s or 90s, and you think it's a huge mistake to send money to Ukraine. However, the general trend is that in the conservative movement, in the Republican Party, the older you are, the more likely you are to believe the following, that the Cold War is still ongoing, that Russia is our greatest threat, that the American government can do no wrong, that we must be at war at all times. The Josh Hawley, J.D. Vance, America First agenda is one that asks critical questions, listens to voters, and realizes that three to four decades of perpetual warmongering has made this country weaker, has deteriorated our homeland. Understand that Mitch McConnell still thinks that we are this untouchable world superpower. We're still powerful, but we are daily losing our advantage, our title as the world's superpower. Another question I have for Mitch McConnell, who's 81 years old, is are you really proud of the country that you are handing down to the next generation? We are borrowing $2 trillion a year. What is the legacy that you are leaving? And J.D. Vance has something a lot different than Mitch McConnell. J.D. Vance has young children. Josh Hawley has young children. I have young children. This is why the greatest criticism that I receive are from Republicans in their 60s and 70s. Also, the greatest support I receive are from Republicans in their 60s or 70s. But you want to know who the most on fire, America first patriots and activists are in the movement? They tend to be under the age of 25. Look at this amazing clip that confirms what I'm talking about at a Trump rally in South Carolina, Play Cut 43. Why are you guys MAGA? Why are you Trump? Why do you support Trump so much? Liberty and justice for all. Amen. That's what he's not getting. Is it crazy? Close the borders. Close the borders. Close the borders. We do not like the propaganda. We're here for the truth. That's it. Get Slavery Joe out of here. Get Slavery Joe out of here. He's got to go. CNN, MSNBC, all of the other one hundred percent. Blue haired boys gotta go. Blue haired Young boys are the most conservative they have been in fifty years. Fifty years. There is a reason why the youngest of the caucus voted the way they did. The other reason is they tend to be online more. They tend to be on social media. They tend to consume different information. Mitch McConnell doesn't care about his voters. Tom Tillis doesn't care about his voters. These are septuagenarian and octogenarian uniparty types that are intentionally disconnected from the will of the people. The other part is less generational and it's just more political transactional. The younger you are, the more likely you want to build a political career. And these votes are political suicide. So Katie Britt from Alabama, 
she knows that she would face a primary challenge if she were to vote incorrectly on this bill. And I get asked all the time, I said, Charlie, why is it that younger conservatives are far more vocal and they're more, dare I say, based than their older counterparts? It's because they have to feel and taste the Marxists on a daily basis. They get ridiculed for using the wrong pronouns. They get kicked off of social media because they made an incorrect joke. They have to get put into a struggle session at their high school or college because they're a white male. They were forced to take a vaccine, even though it was mRNA gene-altering technology. Do you know what I hear on a daily basis? On a daily basis, I hear... That would never happen in America. Charlie, you're over-exaggerating how bad things are. Do you know who criticizes my language when I call what's happening on the southern border an invasion? It's not the 25-year-olds. It's not the 30-year-olds. They feel the country collapsing. And part of it, and it's tragic, but it's understandable, and it needs to change, is that people like Roger Wicker, Kennedy from Louisiana, Crapo from Idaho, John Cornyn, Capito from West Virginia, they live in boomer denial. That doesn't mean every boomer does, but they do. And the denial is that they know nothing but a powerful America. Peace, prosperity, and rising highs on a stock market. Let's just keep on doing what we've always been doing. If you listen to Mitch McConnell's speech last evening, which I encourage Ryan to get, It is so clear to any independent observer that Mitch McConnell has not processed the news cycle of the last 20 years. Here he is, he's mumbling along about how we came to the aid of our allies in World War II. World War II has defined the modern world. World War II is the closest thing to the American resurrection that we'll ever have. Everything is centered around World War II. Our trade policy, our immigration policy, our foreign policy, how we think about spending, our bureaucracies. World War II changed everything. Can Mitch McConnell ever make an argument for funding Ukraine without mentioning World War II? He was born in 1942, and he still thinks that America is this untouchable Superpower. Play cut 47. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now. According to most Republicans, that's sort of how we see the challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. McConnell is all in. It's amazing. You know, at the Turning Point Conference, People of all ages, when we poll this topic, 99% say no more money to Ukraine. And by the way, Mitch McConnell is now a co-sponsor to killing hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian boys, a generational slaughter. Every single one of these people are going to have to answer to a higher power. But hey, they get a nice seat at the Munich Security Conference. They go take a CODEL overseas. You're not all of them, a minority of your Republican senators. And we're going to have to chip this away. Every single one of these people are going to have to be removed. Every single one of them. It's just a matter of time. Here's the good news, though. And I don't do this segment as ridicule. The good news is that 
the younger generation of the Republican Party reflects many of your values better than your generational counterparts in the Senate do. So there's no need to get defensive. There's no need to reject what I'm saying. What I'm saying, though, is that the cavalry that is ascendant, the reinforcements that are coming, are far more in lockstep with how many of you see the world than your fellow baby boomers or your fellow generational counterparts do, like Mitch McConnell, Susan Collins. And that is a promising thing. That means give it time and we'll get better votes, better laws, better legislation, and hopefully a better country. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code Kirk and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers. The 100% made in USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-875-0425, use promo code Kirk, and get free shipping on your entire order. So call 800-875-0425 or go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. That is MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. I think so highly of Mike Lindell. He's a great patriot. He's a terrific person. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. I'm going to play a couple pieces of tape here. Here's Senator Ron Johnson, who's excellent, talking about what is necessary for peace. This was in an online Twitter space. David Sachs asks Senator J.D. Vance, Ron Johnson, and Mike Lee to investigate allegations that Boris Johnson and the Biden administration sabotaged the Russia peace deal. I cannot emphasize this enough. My great friend and mentor, Dennis Prager, is one of the most intellectually honest people in commentary. Dennis Prager was in support of the Ukraine funding against Russia from the beginning. He was very morally clear. We disagreed, but his reasons were far better than Mitch McConnell's reasons. I got to be honest. Dennis Prager, to his great credit, and always, because he's a legend, he was, we were at a Salem Radio Network event with Mark Levin uh, back in the fall. And the Ukraine topic came up, and I expected Dennis to respond as he typically did on the Ukraine issue. And what he said surprised me. Dennis said that if it is true that the American government dispatched Tony Blinken via Boris, Boris Johnson, via Tony Blinken, via Joe Biden to obliterate a peace deal, it will be one of the great moral crimes of this century. And it's very hard for him to continue to support the proliferation of the war if that is true. That is a great point that Dennis Prager makes, makes, which is how can you keep on supporting this war when the American government got in the way of a peace deal? And that's one of the other things that's very hard for Mitch McConnell to swallow. Are we really the good guys? How can you say the American government is on the side of truth and justice and morality when we go and blow up a potential peace deal? Play cut 54. 
my concern is exactly what you articulated. Um, if you have an, an extended war of attrition, every day that goes by, there are Ukrainian boys that are, and not even boys anymore because they're running out of boys. Um, that that you're, you're losing, Ukraine is losing people every day. And if, if you're going to spend lives, it must be for a purpose. Uh, and not not just, uh, you know, a, a mile here, a mile there. In fact, a mile ba back and forth. The lines aren't moving. So just every day people die. For what purpose? And for those who want regime change in Russia, they should think about who is the person that could take out Putin? And is that person likely to be a peacenik? Probably not. They're probably going to be even hard, even more hardcore than Putin if they took him out. That's Elon Musk, the world's wealthiest man in the Twitter space, speaking far more moral clarity than the minority of the Senate Republicans. And he's right. What are we gaining here? These senators that are financing this, they don't care. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going to text some of these guys. They're going to be like, oh, we have to fight. Mile here, mile there. They are co-sponsoring the slaughter. And remember, we got in the way of the peace deal. I have two really quick points, but I want to play cut 55. Number one, Elon Musk deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. Elon Musk deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm reading the Walter Isaacson, Elon Musk biography. He'll never get the Nobel Peace Prize. You might say, what do you mean? Do you know that the Ukrainian government went to Elon Musk? This was reported, but he never got credit for this. They wanted to do a coordinated dr drone strike using Starlink after the Russian Navy. That very well could have triggered nuclear war. And Elon stood up to the Ukrainian and U.S. government and refused. Elon Musk was a one-man check on the maniacal bloodlust of the Central Intelligence Agency. Let's play cut 55. Could we get a real investigation, like some congressional oversight, a congressional investigation of what exactly happened in that sort of March, April period at the beginning of the war, where, again, they had a draft agreement in Istanbul, and then Boris Johnson came in and the Ukrainians walked away. I mean, I would love for the Congress to be able to ask real questions of the administration in its oversight capacity, asking, what was your involvement in sabotaging that deal? That is a very difficult pill to swallow. If it's true, which it looks like it is, the American government is partially to blame for the continuation of this war. The American government has blood on its hands. And that's hard. It's hard if you grew up actually loving the country, which I love the country, but I don't love the government. It's hard to stomach that your own regime wants hundreds of thousands of dead people. Certainly seems to be the case. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.